Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Here we go, yo. Victory Monday. We've got you covered all day here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky in for Carmen DeFalco today alongside Yurko. From 2 to 6, it'll be Waddle and Sylvie. Matt Eberflus will join the guys at 2.10. And then from 6 to 8, it's Bleck and Abdallah out at Scratch Public House in Forest Park. TJ Edwards, Bears linebacker, will be joining them. TJ Edwards has had himself a nice season so far this year. He'll be with the guys from 6 to 8 out at Scratch Public House in Forest Park. You want to join us? 312-332-3776. Talking about the Bears' 28-13 win over the Detroit Lions. And Yurko, a lot of the conversation now is shifting around the quarterback of, do you keep him? Do you maybe hope his trade value goes up and you move him in the offseason? And a lot of the conversation also aligns with what do you do with the offensive coordinator as well, Luke Getze. A lot of criticism yesterday for what he called on fourth and one in the second quarter there. Could have been a big momentum shifter out of that play, out of the turnover there. The Lions come back and get two touchdowns, ultimately take the lead heading into halftime there. But Fields played better yesterday. Uh, 223 yards, threw a touchdown, ran in a touchdown. You're seeing some improvements there. But there's still moments in these games where you can see the gears turning in his heads in the pocket. Well, you've had too many offense coordinators here over the course of time. Uh, if they continue to win games, as we talk about, I don't think anybody goes anywhere. I think Getsy stays. Um, whether they bring a defense coordinator in or not uh, to take the play calling out of Eberflus. I think Eberflus has gotten, kind of gotten a good feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that guy's here on the staff or he's got to bring somebody in, but you hope you're going to be playing a similar defense and you're going to be doing what you're doing. Um, again, this goes with winning more games. If you've done it, five wins, he's gone. Gets, he's gone. Yeah. Justin Fields is probably going to be hostile bye-bye because the new coach doesn't want to take an old quarterback. He's going to want to, hey, we've got this. Let's go ahead and let's capitalize this way. And it's because of that number one overall pick yes, with Carolina. I think Ryan Paul stays. That's if they don't win a game and they only get five victories. I do not think there's any way in the world that's going to happen. So I think they're going to, um, I, I think they're going to stand pat with what they have as they move forward, make some subtractions, make some additions. That's yeah. what I believe they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and to the point on Luke Getze, like this is a. Now, his second year of calling plays, second year with Justin Fields, you've seen improvements uh, both numerically and just with your eyes as well. You've seen some improvements. And I know Getze is the the scapegoat across the city, but he deserves part of the credit, too, for helping to build up what Justin Fields has been this year. Sure, there's been some suspect play calls at times. There's also been a number of plays that he's called that just haven't worked because of player execution or, or something or the other as well. Before we go to the phone, so I'm going to tell you what I think. He dialed up that beautiful play on second down with four five minutes left that would have gone to DJ Moore if he get that ball there. Okay, He gets no credit mm-hmm. for devising that play. Right, because the play was incomplete. Nobody goes back and remembers, oh, what a great play that was. Yeah, I remember how great that play was. 
the play they scored the touchdown on the left sidelines when they drew the guy off sides, mm-hmm. everybody's talking about what a great play that was. Hey, look, what a great why? Because it was completed, and it went for seven points. Mm-hmm. So sometimes as a coach, you don't get credit for the things that you do correctly, and the players don't execute on the field. Okay, mm-hmm. That would be a plus in Luke Getzey's column. Here's another situation. Ben Johnson for Detroit. Uh, the Bears called a blitz yesterday. They ran Jameer Gibbs out to the right side and they had blockers yes. out there. Mm-hmm. Balls in his hands, hitting him in rhythm. I mean, hitting him yeah. in stride. He's going to go for a touchdown. Would probably look yeah. like a 47-yard touchdown. Um, he yeah. was going to take it to the house. And what happened? He dropped the ball. So is Ben Johnson an idiot for calling the perfect play against the perfect you know, blitz? It was third down, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was. I go, I mean, is he the, the moron for that? Or did Jameer Gibbs disappoint his team? And that was a game-changing play right there. That play for them would have resulted in seven points. That's what was there. So sometimes the coordinators are calling the great plays, and then guys aren't executing it on the field. Even some of the stuff in the red zone, too. Because it's not executed on the field. Uh, They call a perfect pass where Cole Komet is in the the flat. Mm -hmm. He's going to score a touchdown. Ball gets thrown to him, puts a little touch, puts a little air under it, and what happens? Cole Komet can't come down with a catch. Right. Luke Getzey doesn't get credit for that, does he? Mm-hmm. No. Why? Quarterback was off a little bit, tight end couldn't come down with the grab. Same one with the third and two so, to Mooney, right, down right. in the red yes. zone, too. Luke Getzey, no credit. There's no credit when things go wrong, you know, uh, because a player doesn't execute, even though the play design was phenomenal. So that's why I say for everybody that wants to point to the third and short and the fourth and short, and some of the idiocy that we've seen there, there are things that are being called over the course of a 70-play game that are pretty darn good, and you've got to acknowledge Yeah, And I don't even think the third and two play was awful leading into the the fourth and one right. there. I mean, it's a quarterback power play there. I mean, we saw the the Patriots used to run something similar to that with Cam Newton when they had him, and it was a pretty effective play that they would go to. I mean, when you've got a powerful quarterback like that, I think you use, and you talk about, Coaching to your strengths. I think that's a play that coaches to the strengths there. Obviously, you didn't get the two yards necessary, but you knew you were probably going for it on fourth down in that moment, too. So you could have run the same play again. You could have just done a straight quarterback sneak there. I think that's the one that kind of sticks with people there. But I think there was a lot of good in this game from Luke Getze overall. Well, and, and that's why when everybody wants to is up in arms and they want to call for this and they call for that, I don't worry about that. I look at what the game looked like, how it was called, with the player execution during the game. Uh, the players were disciplined yesterday. They didn't get a ton mm-hmm. of penalties. I like that. A lot on the other side for Detroit. Too. Right. There are a lot there. But there was a holding call um, on, on Darnell Wright where he was in the frame. And then the minute the angle changes with the quarterback getting out to the right side and he starts to pull away, well, you're kind of dead in the water there as an offensive lineman because you're there with your hands. And you do hold. Holding's legal in the NFL. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. They don't call holding when there's holding. Right. If it Plenty looks like times. the defensive guy likes it, they're going to not call it. If he's trying to get away, they might call it. I'm getting a little tired of the pirouetting, and I saw it last night's game. The, oh, I'm being held, and then all of a sudden you get a triple pirouette in a circle with the hands yes. up in the yeah. air. Uh, you know, begging for the call. I saw it twice mm-hmm. yesterday, and that, that's got to stop. And I tell them, if you're begging for a call, you ain't going to get one, period. The minute you throw your hands in the air, I don't care. You're not going to get the call no matter what. That's the way you stop that crap because you're going to start seeing a lot more. Happened twice, two penalty flags yesterday. I get tired of it. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Paulie's downtown. What's up, Paulie? Hey, guys. Great call. Thank you. Thank you. Great call on your part, yeah. too, Paulie. Thanks for making the call. 
Um, great show, I meant to say. I got distracted. Sorry. As you sit on hold here, you, you call up with three points, and the next thing you know, you guys are so good, you want to talk about six or seven different things. So I'm going to try to keep it keep it short. Okay. I called for this reason. This is the best thing that could be happening to the Bears. You're increasing the trade value of fields. You're going to get some nice picks out of that. You're going to draft Bo Nix, the next Joe Burrows, number one. You're going to get linemen, linemen, wideouts, and you're going to make a real strong team. Um. I really think that Warren cares. So I think, and I would agree with what you guys just said, these coaches, they they look better. They are doing better than it looks. Fields, I didn't call about this, but he's inaccurate. He's a bad decision maker. He, he's not your QB. What they're going to do, too, lastly, guys, think about this. You kick this $250 million down the road for another five years, you're closer to moving to Arlington Heights, which the team's value is going to almost double by that time. Before these teams are, are uh, they're mobile casinos. I mean, that's what a football team is. And so, by that time, with everything we're going to do in Arlington Heights, the team will be worth a lot more, and that dividend check won't get cut like it would now if you put 250 million on your books for the next five years. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thanks. Paul. You make a lot of solid points there. Well, here's the thing: I don't think you're paying this quarterback 250 million. With what you've seen so far, I know like the going rate, but whenever if Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future and we see that breaking news, we hear the sounder that Justin Fields is getting an extension every time with a quarterback, you hear it breaks the record of the next highest paid player in NFL history. I don't think you're going to see that with him. I think you'll see something. I don't, I don't think he's taking the Daniel, Daniel Jones contract. Though. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think it'll, it'll be that, but you're not paying this guy a by the time his you would pay him an his extension. His contract would be up in two years, and you'd probably, because they're going to give him a fifth-year option. You're going to give him that just so you have control of him. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he, the caller talked about maybe trading him away. Okay, I mean, if, they'll make a decision on it. And that's, listen, if Justin... They'll see what they like. Yeah, if, you gauge what the market is at the end of the year. Get him to eight to nine victories. Somebody out there like Atlanta thinks that he's the quarterback that they want. Mm-hmm. Talk to Atlanta and see what the, you know, Atlanta yeah. has to say. I'm just saying... I've gone with the young quarterback route. It's not fun sometimes. It's not fun. Well, we got to give him time. We got to give him time. We got to give him time. In theory, if you start winning this year, next year and the next two years, that's your window. And you're going to bring a young quarterback in that's got to develop? Well, that's the thing is if you hit on the quarterback, you can get away with, okay, not going out and having to spend as much money on receivers. Because if you get a quarterback, and we talked about Montez Sweat, as a guy who's a multiplier, if you get a quarterback in that's a multiplier and you think one of those guys is in this draft, you have to do it. You have to do it. It doesn't matter how good Justin Fields looks down the stretch unless Justin Fields becomes that multiplier type of guy. But I haven't seen that out of Fields yet, being that guy who makes everyone around him better. Well, no, that hasn't happened yet. That's what you're waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, because the ball doesn't get out in rhythm, I think in the second half... He made a couple throws to the yeah. sidelines. Well, to he command. threw a lot threw more, too. The DJ Moore. Eight yeah. attempts in the first half, 25 in the second right. half. I, I, I think he threw the ball well in the second half. I think he threw the ball nicely, a little bit high, and he's a little bit off. But, hey, you got receivers who can make great yeah. grabs for you. He's going to make you look a whole lot better than you might be. And there's nothing wrong with getting support from your teammates when you're out there. Right. How about the play that DJ Moore made, by the way, too, on the, the slant on third down? Over the oh, yeah. middle. That yeah. was a hell of a catch. It's there. a man's catch and a yep. man's throw. Mm-hmm. I yep. like both of them. Yep.
That's, a man's catch with a man's throw. That that's the stuff that when you got you got to fire when you bring in a DJ Moore. Those are the plays that you want. Well, third down, move the sticks. That was good stuff right there. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Marco on the northwest side. What's up, Marco? Hey guys, I just had a quick question. For, it, it's a couple. It's a multi-layer question for Yurko. If the um, if polls does a deal. Say, for instance, we do have the number one pick overall. Yeah. And he's talking to, like, the Cardinals, who have the second pick in the draft. Does he know if the Cardinals are going to take who they're going to take with that pick if they go number one? The assumption. And if they are. Yeah. The assumption you can work a trade this way. We'll draft your guy, you draft our guys, and we agree on the deal in before, you know, beforehand. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, you can do that. If they're number one and number two. You, uh-huh. If you don't trust them, you can work it that way. Um, but okay. they would say, well, who are you taking? You know, obviously, who are you taking? You're moving up number right. one. Who do you want? We're not telling anybody. We've got three minutes left on the clock. This is who we're handing the card in for. Okay, we'll make the move. That's what you so do. If the Bears, so if the Bears have the number one pick and they trade with the Cardinals, say, say the Cardinals are going to go ahead and take Caleb Williams, can we go and say, you know what, I want your – I'll take your second pick in this draft and your 15th pick. So then we have the number two pick. We got the fifth pick and then – fifth or fourth pick. And then we got a uh, 15th pick that we maybe get from the Cardinals for that number one pick overall. Should we go get Marvin Harrison, Jr., um, the tack, left tackle out of Notre Dame? Joe Alt. Start that boy – Start that boy from Illinois that they brought up to be the center, and then go and get uh, with that with the fifth pick that we got, and then take uh, the fifteenth pick and go and get the D D lineman defensive end out of uh, Penn State. I don't like defensive ends out of Penn State. Not a Michael. I mean, he's got a Michael Haynes. He's That's got who speed I remember. off the corner, right? He's got speed off that edge. And he's, you know, he's really, uh, he's really talented. You're talking about I'll Chopper just hang Robinson, up and right, Marco? Yes, sir. All right. You don't want, uh, you don't want Micah Parsons. Micah you, Parsons. You said Micah, I remember Michael Haynes. You remember Courtney Brown? <laughs> don't remember Courtney Brown. First pick Brown. overall in the 2000 uh, NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. Number one pick overall, defensive lineman out of where? Penn State. You remember him? Anything mm. about Courtney Brown? He was no good. No, he was terrible. So you don't want Drake May? No, uh, no part of it. I, I'm just telling you what I don't want, a defensive mm. lineman from Penn State. I don't want it. You're asking me if I want Micah Parsons. Yes, I want Micah Parsons. But I don't want a defensive lineman from Penn State. All right. 312-332-3776. We'll take more of your calls when we come back. Tyler Rockian for Carmen DeFalco alongside the good kid, Johnny Yurkovich, here on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. We'll get to some more football in just a second, but a huge weekend of Chicago Wolves hockey at Allstate Arena. This coming weekend, the Wolves take on the Texas Stars on Saturday night and their arch rival, the Rockford Ice Hogs, on Sunday. Sunday's game against the Rockford Ice Hogs is Chicago Wolves Family Sundays, presented by Scott Credit Union. And now's your chance to win a four pack of tickets 
to Sunday's game against Rockford. Log on to ChicagoWolves.com and get your tickets for this Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 3 p.m. We are Chicago. We are hockey. We are the Wolves. Be caller 10 right now to win that four-pack of tickets against Rockford on Sunday, 312-332-3776. Caller 10, 312-332-3776. Talking Bears with you after they take down the Detroit Lions on the lakefront, move to 5-8. and eight. You'll see them in some in-the-hunt graphics, a twofer of uh, Monday Night Football tonight, so I'm sure you'll see the Bears' name hovering around, hovering around in some of those. Uh, let's go back to the phones, though, as we check in with Walt in Bloomingdale. What's up, Walt? Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Uh, yeah, a couple of questions here. My first one is on the draft um, as it relates to Justin Fields. So, can we sign Justin Fields or pick up the option on him without committing to a long-term contract? That's my first question. Yes, and then is the your second... answer. Yes. Oh, okay, we can. Okay, so why why are we going through all of this discussion? Wouldn't the Bears want to do that? Well, I think eventually I... when this team gets good, uh, the fifth-year option is the one that they're going to obviously give them at the end of the year. So now they've got them on control for four years. They're just weird. Uh, there's speculation and there's wonderment upon how much are you going to have to pay Justin Fields if he's your quarterback? Is it a Daniel Jones contract or is it a, a contract where you end up paying the guy, what is it, $55 million a year? Mm-hmm. Whatever the number is. Yeah, these whatever days, the yeah. number will be. It'll be. By that time, it'll be close right. to you're getting $300 million. Right. Two, three years from now, you'll get another 40000 or $40 million in the salary cap. So that's four more million per year on you know on top of it because quarterbacks usually take twenty percent of the salary cap. So that's where you, yeah. that's where you're at, Walt. Right there, you can't get a fifth year option. Uh, you can play him next year. You can trade him in the off season. You can bring him back and see what kind of year he's going to have, and then you can make a decision on what you want to do with him. Yeah, and I think so. I'm thinking about his agent who has two different clients that. I think you'll see something in the middle if you do see a contract extension with Justin Fields. He signed. He's got Jordan Love, who we know signed the one-year deal yeah. to just kind of like prove it, see what you are this year. The one-year prove it deal. Mm-hmm. And then he also has Deshaun Watson, who has the most lucrative, fully guaranteed contract that we've seen in NFL history as well. I don't think you're going to see that with Justin Fields, and I don't think you're going to see what Jordan Love got. I think if he is signed by the Bears, you'll see something somewhere in the middle of those two. So, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Rory is in Belmont Heights. What's up, Rory? Hey, what's up, fellas? It's Roy in oh, Belmont Roy. Heights. But up, uh, yeah, Roy, <clears throat> the good kid must be hungover on a Bears victory Monday here. How are we going to base the whole work for the Bears these last two years on the last four or five games for them to stick around? I'm sorry, it, it doesn't work that way. Was, last year was a garbage year. Last year they were intentionally trying to lose. So I've already thrown that year in the garbage. So the only year that I'm judging anything off of will be this year. Yeah, but you're talking about four or five last of the games. Uh, the beginning of the year when they lost to Green Bay, if you were the owner, good kid, you'd have fired Matt Eberflus on the spot, but you didn't. So how is your mind going to change for the last three, I'd four, five him, games? I'd have fired him after Denver. Yeah, agreed. So that's when I can, it, that's, I, that's res- when I would have fired him. But res- respectfully, I disagree with you, good kid. I love that's, you. That's perfect. But, I got no problems uh, with that. And uh, but yeah, I, we can't base uh, base the whole body of work off of the last three, four games for neither Eberflus or Justin Fields. I'm a bear, die, uh, diehard Bears fan, but it, it's time for a change. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Roy. If they believe, if they believe, 
in what they're doing, and they're winning games at the end, and Justin Fields is your quarterback, it's hard to move off your quarterback. I think what you do is, uh, it's sure, hard. some of the stuff from last year you don't take into but you have to acknowledge what the starting point was. And that's, because that's the whole question now is, is he developing? Is he getting better? And that's where it comes down to. Are you seeing the development Are of your quarterback? Are they learning how to win? And that's the same thing with Eberflus. Yep. As, as his uh, metamorphosis as a head coach, What's it been like for him when last year being a garbage year and just having to keep your mouth shut and just going about the business, trying to prepare every week, right? Mm-hmm. And now you get into this year, and it's awful, and it's terrible. And then all of a sudden, and they got an injury to your starting quarterback, and they survived the injury to their starting quarterback. Went 500 during that Yes, stretch. two and two. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you got to take the whole year in, and if they believe in the head coach, that's how the head coach stays. If the players start believing in the head coach and what he's selling, and they're there. They're all with each other. They all know if somebody's given up or somebody said, no, this isn't our guy. Everybody knows what's happening in that place. And if they keep winning games, you ain't getting rid of anybody. Yeah. three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jim is in Crystal Lake. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys. Um, so here's my question, Yurko. So over the time, over like beginning of this year, um, you and Waddle and many others on that station said that this whole year, this whole year is based upon Justin Fields' growth. And I listened to the uh, A and B pre-show, uh, pre-game show. That's the Black and Abdallah show. I just renamed it A and B. Um, you guys still there? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Yeah, we're so listening. I, we're listening to you. I hear you. So uh, I heard. Uh, they had Thayer on, and Thayer, they asked Thayer that question. They said, what improvements have you seen from Justin Fields from last year to this year? Again, you guys said it's all about Justin Fields. You know the only thing he said? He only said one thing, that he feels like he's a little bit more patient in the pocket. That's it. That's all he said. And then he gave him a couple of excuses here and there, uh, legitimate or not, whatever. But those are the only improvements. But at the beginning of the year, it was all about this whole year is about Justin Fields' improvement. So that's the problem that I have. I was all in on the guy at the beginning of the year, and I see five to ten plays a game where he's just not the guy. He just doesn't have it. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that at you. I'm a little confused, uh, but that's nothing different. Thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate it. I look, I look at the game he had yesterday. Okay, there's a lot of games around the NFL that you saw this kind of effort. Mm-hmm. 235 yards. Before the, what was the big play that ended the Baltimore game? It was a punt return. Punt return for yeah. a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, did that happen twice this year so far? Yeah, there was the, remember the Jets game yes. on the opening Monday night That's against the, the Bills. Yeah. yeah, Two punt return for a touchdown. In overtime. Exciting playing football too, by the way. Yeah. Exciting mm-hmm. play. Too bad they, they eliminated kickoff returns for some crazy reason. But either way, you see a lot of these games across the Mm-hmm. Country, 235, 245 yards. Right. Um, that, that's kind of an average average quarterbacking yeah. effort. Mm-hmm. And he's had two games where he's been under 100 yards this year, one game where he's about 169 when it comes to throwing yards. Can he be better? Yes, absolutely he can be better. Can he get better? That's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for the confidence. That you're hoping you still got five or four games to check it out. You pick up the option. The option doesn't hurt you. If you want to move them, you can move them. But I think they're going to pick up the fifth-year option. I think just that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is, I mean, 
you by getting more talent on the outside too. I mean, one of the things with this Bears team last year, they were last in the entire league in yards after catch. Well, those are a part of the passing yards too. Those go on your ledger, even though you don't always do the work to get hey, those. Listen, yards Mooney's there. a talented enough receiver to be on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he caught balls early. Yeah, and he caught. He he's a good player. Mooney's yeah. a good player. Unfortunately for Mooney, when you're the third option and you're not the second option, um, it takes too long with Justin Fields as quarterback. So on this team right now, your third wide receiver is never going to get a real chance or an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's why Mooney's going to have to leave and he's going to go have to go to Kansas City. Kansas City needs somebody that can line right. up on side. If yeah. they just get a guy that can line up on side, I think they're in pretty good shape. Um, Ideally, what would happen is you have DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison as your one-two combo. Yeah, your third option is going to be your tight end, and your fourth option is your running back, and that's it. That's as complicated as it can get. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I'm being frank. And listen, you can and find in, in that offense that you've got to find a way to flourish. Then in yeah. that offense, and you can find a third wide receiver in the draft. I mean, you drafted one last year well, with Tyler you, Scott. Right, you might have that. Mm-hmm. That might be Tyler Scott because you're a guy that's only going to see the ball. Two, two, three times a game, three targets. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's your, that's your role. And especially when you're a speedster, too, those one or two targets may net you 30, 40, 50 yards. And you just got to capitalize in those moments right there. 312-332-3776. Kurt is in Indianapolis. What's up, Kurt? Kurt. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? What's going on, Yarko? Former media here. Hey, what's um, going on? Oh, there you go, Kurt. Mighty Meteors yes. are fractional. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I just find it amazing how fickle... Bears fans can be, and we're, we we out for win, and people are still calling in, bashing our quarterback. Like like Briggs said it a while ago, you got to build continuity, you got to build a team, and we so quick to pull that trigger, we so quick to change. Let's change, let's change. Did you guys forget what happened with Trestman? Like we got rid of Nagy. Granted, he should have been gotten rid of, but he came off of playoffs and he came off of 500 seasons, and we're getting rid of these coaches. Like they're building continuity with Ibrahimovic, they're building a team. Like. You trade that that number one pick, you get some more picks, you build a team, and you get a better infrastructure. Like all of this quick jerk reaction, we want to have microwave results, but we want to have a five-course meal with microwave results. It's not going to happen. You got to do this over time, man. You got to give these these guys time to build it, and Poles is doing it the right way. And I feel like you give them some more time, it's going to work. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, So here here you have Lamar Jackson. He's been an NFL MVP, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what his record is as a starter? His record as a starter, he said seven years? Yeah, he's, he's got some time 74 too. games. 74, 74 games. games. I'm going to give it to you. 74 games. I guess he's won 45 of them. 55 and 19. Okay. 55 and 19. His um, yards per season, only one has gone over 3,100 yards. So they built the team around a quarterback, and they allowed the quarterback to find a way to become successful. And they've never had great weapons the there either. The simple question I've always asked is, can he be Lamar Jackson? And if he can be Lamar Jackson, then you've got to find a way to make him flourish, you know, as, in a similar fashion that Lamar Jackson flourishes. So I'm looking at, uh, he's played 15 games. Let's look at 2,700 yards, 2,882 yards. 2,212 games and 2,900, so he's up to 3,000. But if you throw the ball for 240 yards a game, guess where you're at? About Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. you're there. You are Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. And his running is as good as, 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 as Lamar's is. Mm-hmm. You just got to you, you what you got to do is you got to just set yourself up for the fact that, hey, this is the style of quarterback 
this is what he's going to play, this is how we're going to play, and if the head coach and the offense coordinator and the quarterback line up with the way you want to play, then that's what you've got. You've got a perfect scenario. Yeah, I do think a guy that deserves a lot of credit with how everything's sort of built out right now is Ryan Poles. He's built himself a roster. He's built Now the next part is going to be figuring out what are you going to do with the quarterback and establishing some depth at some other positions as well. 312-332-3776. More of your Bears calls when we come back. Tyler Rocky in for Carmen DeFalco alongside Yurko on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Taking your Bears calls here on a victory Monday. The Bears' first win out of a bye in 10 years. Last one, 2013 against the Packers. A 27-20 victory in that one. 312-332-3776. Tyler Rocky in for Carmen DeFalco today. Patrick is in Lake Forest. What's up, Patrick? Hey, guys. How you doing today? What's going on? Uh, wonderful uh, victory Monday. I just kind of drawn an analogy to the corporate world. I don't believe that a billion-dollar enterprise like the Bears doesn't know what it's going to do with four games to go. You know what I mean? Like, in the corporate world, if you're like, hey, I don't know about this executive, let's give him or her another quarter, that generally means they're done, right? Because you've already made the decision. So I I think they've done enough to earn coming back. And just one kind of funny thing I was thinking of when I was hearing these guys talking about stacking wins, I I keep thinking about that classic dialogue in uh, the movie Airplane where they talk about stack them, yak them. So let's go stack them, yak them, get four or five more wins. Thanks, guys. I'm with you. That's what I want. And four wins is what we can get, right? Four left. Four four mm-hmm. wins will get you to nine and eight, and then you get a chance for a fifth victory. Because that's playoff game. Yeah. That's playoff game. It, and you're probably playing, if I had to guess, Dallas. In, in their in house, Dallas. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In da- Jake Cantu will be a happy camper. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, you look at the playoff picture and you'll see the Bears in the hunt graphics tonight in all likelihood. You didn't see him on NBC last night, but just know, like, there is a fit, the fifth team, the first team out of the divisional winners, your top wild card team right now, already has 10 wins. It's guaranteed to have 10 wins. So you can't even reach that. Just know that when right. you're going through all of this right now, the Packers play tonight. If they win tonight, the last wild card spot will have seven wins in the NFC right now. Yes. So you've got a chance here, but you're going to have to also, and, and you have a chance against some teams. Like you still play the Packers. You still play the Falcons. Those are teams that are ahead of you right now in the standings. So obviously you can help knock them out or knock them down a peg here and there down the road. By the way, I got a bone to pick with you. What do you have to pick I got a with small me? bone to pick with All you. All right, what's the, what's the bone Because to pick? Micah Parsons and his wonderful career at Penn State I was not mm-hmm. really familiar with, but I've mm-hmm. seen him play, obviously, in the NBA for an extended period of time. And in the NFL. Yeah, the NFL. What did I say? The NBA. Oh, no, the <laughs> NFL. Well, you know, how much, I know how much you love basketball. <laughs> All right? Played college football at Penn State where he's named the consensus All-American, the Butkus Fitzgerald Linebacker of the Year. All right. I stand corrected. Well, then. no, but so when he asked me, he's a defensive line. You don't like Micah Parsons. Well, I thought he was a linebacker. And he is a linebacker. That's why I mentioned. But he gets after the pass. I after met, the pass. Well, he does. Mm-hmm. Like a stand-up. Like a Lawrence Taylor type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'll give that like to you. Like what you saw with Khalil Mack I here, too. I will give yep. you that. I mm-hmm. will give you that. I won't argue with that. And a 3-4 guy coming off the edge, not a problem. 
but he did win the Butkus Award All right. as a linebacker. Corrected. So the two guys I did mention, mm-hmm. the Bears pick, as a second first-round pick, Michael Haynes, he was horrific. Mm-hmm. He was terrible. And the other one was Courtney Brown that was drafted number one overall in 2000 by, uh, by the Cleveland Browns. Both of those guys were terrible. Terrible, terrible football players. So I do not want to go to Penn State to get a defensive lineman. Linebacker, you, Shane Conlin, uh, who's the guy that played for the Washington Redskins, uh, was a uh, LeVar Arrington. Mm-hmm. Penn State linebackers for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> yes. I'm in for Penn State linebackers. Right. We got I you am down. not in for Penn State defensive linemen, though. All right, Thank there you, you go. Just Three. a moment of clarity, so <laughs> we right. have it. All right, there we go. Three one two three three two. It was driving me crazy. Three seven seven six. Billy's in Fort Wayne. What's up, Billy? Yeah, hey guys. Uh, I listen to you guys all the time. You do a great job, Big Bears fan in Fort Wayne. Uh, I wanted to ask Yurko's opinion on this. Uh, would it be wise for the Bears to draft Caleb? Williams and still keep the uh, fifth-year option with Justin as like an insurance policy, or do you think with the moving parts of coaches and the way the NFL is, that would be a bad move? I think you got to make a choice. Yeah. I just think one or the other. I think you've got to make a choice. It's better for both parties if you make the choice. And you either draft a quarterback and get rid of Justin, or you – actually, I should say all three parties, your new quarterback, your team as a whole – and the and Justin Fields. Yeah. It's better for all three parties if you either draft a guy or you trade him. I also don't think you can have Caleb Williams here and have Justin Fields on no. the team at the same time. That's not good. Yeah, I'm with you. There. That is not good at all. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Philly Sid, what's going on, Sid? Hey guys, Yurko, two questions for you, bud. Being a former player, that I got you. Are you. In the, I got you. The NFL mastermind. Um, first of all, being a former D tackle, what are your feelings on? Linemen going low and hitting interior linemen in particular in the knee from the side as a legal block as long as they don't quote unquote hit you and then roll over. I don't. Uh, I don't mind a player going low as a cut block as long as you're not engaged with somebody. When okay, you're, in, so you're when, good when with you're, it as long yeah, as you're not already engaged. When, when, if I'm engaged with is. if I'm engaged with the center and yep. the guard comes and tries to cut me at the same time, I think that's a dirty play. But it I think that's well, also how they call it nowadays, right? Isn't that what they technically say? Well, they got to say clip? one man over. They one man over. So, uh, in a situation where they would pull the guard in my face, I'd go engage right. with the center. If that tackle, who's one man over, right? Not the next guy, but one man over. If that tackle would engage me, they'd call that a chop block. Okay. But I've seen next like question. like Nolan Harrison, a uh, Chicago kid. He got chop blocked and it ended his career. So, I mean, right. it's, it's awful talking, when yeah. you see it. It's Since awful. referencing well, the, the and, play and last honestly, night. Yurko, yeah. Honestly, Yurko, one of the reasons, of course, I mentioned you is because I, I remember the play, you know, you and what's-his-name in Dallas Eric years ago. I, I remember Eric it like it happened yesterday. Yeah. So do I. So the other question I have for you. Yep. The other question I had for you, is there any true validity to a team who had tremendous success the previous year coming back the next year and allowing things like off-the-field stuff, promotions, sponsorships, commercials, and all that stuff, to be a distraction to them the next year and essentially screw up their focus and not play up to their ability. Because I think a lot of what I'm seeing out of my Eagles right now 
is I think they're taking a lot of things for granted. They're they're way better than the way they're playing, yeah, particularly I, over the last few weeks. But they're also doing stuff that they weren't doing this time last year. I'm seeing commercials with guys. Right. There's stuff on podcasts and all this. They're getting famous. And it's like, you know what I see is I see a team out there that has tremendous athletic ability and talent. But from an execution perspective, you guys look like you have no focus. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's hard to avoid a Kelsey anywhere, right? Yeah. Both of the Kelseys seem to be on every every piece of advertising the NFL is about seems to feature the Kelseys somewhere, one or another. And then you got a little bit of Patrick Mahomes in there, too. Uh, can it happen? You know what? Philadelphia is bored. That's what they are. They're bored of regular season football. I'm telling you right now. They got to 10 wins, and now they're bored. And what they're waiting for is for something to matter again. And when something matters again and they kick themselves in the ass a little bit, then they're going to try to find a way to turn it on. The problem is you can't always turn it on. You can't just instantaneously rev the engines and be performing at a high level. So you're hoping they start figuring out, hey, we need to start hitting our stride before we get to the playoffs, not try to hit our stride once we get uh, once you get to the playoffs. You need to start playing better now in the buildup to the playoffs. Okay. But I do cool. believe they're bored. That's it. I think they're bored. Yeah, it's it, you know, watching them, it, I'm watching it on TV and I'm breaking it down just like I – I've always done. Yeah. And like, I hear the comments about the great defensive line and the great offensive line. Well, you know what, what I see this year is in the first half of half of games, when they're just rushing the primary four guys and they're not bringing extra heat, they're not getting home. Right. And that offensive line is not playing like the best offensive line in football all the time. Kelsey's making mistakes left and right, which is uncharacteristic for him. Yeah. All of those kudos that they're getting in the national media and stuff like that. I honestly wish that somebody would just come out and say right now, you know what, you guys look like crap, and you don't deserve all this kudos. You don't deserve it. And maybe that would be a punch in the mouth and be like they'd stop believing their own headlines. Yeah, they need a wake-up call. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks, right. Ed. Appreciate Thanks, it. I think the other thing, too, with Philly, this was the toughest five-game stretch that they could have had this season. Cowboys at Chiefs, Bills, Niners at Cowboys. You lose the back two on that five-game stretch. Like When you play teams like that, to come out of it three and two and you hit the first three on them, I think that they probably feel pretty good about themselves right now, despite the last. Well, two I, and they find themselves in a good position moving yeah. forward still, but you still want to be playing your best football come that first weekend. Well, and you want to, if you can get a buy, get the buy. Right, exactly. I was going to say, get that buy. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us here for a couple more minutes, we'll have Waddle and Sylvie in with us for crosstalk in a little bit. They'll have Matt Eberflus on at two ten, and again, Bleck and Abdallah out at Scratch Public House in Forest Park from six to eight. TJ Edwards, Bears linebacker, will be there as well. So got you covered all things Bears the rest of the day here on ESPN one thousand. We've also got our players of the weekend coming up next here on Carmen and Yurko. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. It's Carmen and Yurko here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky in for Carm today. As we're talking Bears with you, let's do. Let's get to our Players of the Weekend, though, Yurk. It's brought to you by Total Roofing and Construction. Who's your Player of the Weekend? Oh, boy, Player of the Weekend. Tough. Tough, 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 tough. And I'm glad you asked and prepared me for this one. 
same, same go. time every Monday. I am going to go because nobody has talked about it. Uh, Shohei Otani, player yeah. of the weekend, signs the big contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Didn't make it to the Cubs. Shohei Otani, record-breaking contract. All right, $700 million there for him to, to join the Los Angeles Dodgers. As a Cubs fan, I was totally okay not paying that. I don't need to pay $700 million for a player. I'm, don't don't I'm worry. Told. You won't ever. I, I, I know. You won't yeah. ever. Yeah. You've become a little bit of the South Sides in the North Side right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for me, my player of the weekend, I'm going to go with Tylen Wallace from the Baltimore Ravens. He had the 76-yard punt return nice touchdown yeah, nice to one. pick up that win for the Ravens. That was a, a pretty crappy weather condition game. And it was an entertaining game, too. 37-31 in overtime. Matt Stafford had a nice game. Lamar Jackson looked good. Cooper, All the stars showed up. Cooper Cup was great. You also had, uh, you brought up earlier, Odell Beckham had a couple of nice long nice plays grabs. as well. So all the stars were showing up in that game. I, I'll go with Tylen, William, well, Tylen Wallace, though, as my player of the game for a 76-yard punt return touchdown. What do you like, Abdallah? Uh, I'm going to give it to Dak Prescott, 24-39, 271 yards. Two touchdowns. I mean, that was just two weeks in a row now. The Eagles, just absolute ass kickings by two of the best teams in the NFC, I would say. It's it's probably 49ers one, Cowboys two right now in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go that, yes. And now he's the uh, favorite to win the MVP over Brock Purdy. So I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Yeah, he looked good yesterday. He looked really good. What about you, Black? You know, I'll give a helmet sticker to Jalen Daniels for winning the Heisman. But uh, for my player of the weekend, you got to give it to Anthony Davis, guys. I mean, weren't you watching the in-season tournament championship game on Saturday night? Anthony Davis showed up, Yurko. This was a big deal, I'm told. Uh, Yeah, I did not see it. The NBA decided to take an entire weekend off and have one game over the weekend, Pacers and Lakers, and AD showed out. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists. The Lakers win, and LeBron got to celebrate a championship one more closer to MJ. So congrats to the Lakers. AD is my player of the weekend. Man, what a championship. Wow. You guys know Michael Jordan never won an in-season yeah. NBA tournament. I mean, how great was that from the he NBA? Never did it. He wow, never did it. so cool. I can't believe it's already over. They Maybe were they popping can run one. champagne, Yerk. Can they run one in the second half for us? <laughs> it might have to. It's called, it's called the NBA playoffs. Every month they're going to have a new in-season tournament. I like it. Just so LeBron can collect trophies. Beautiful. Did you see, too, uh, his son also made his debut for USC over the weekend? I did not that see is, that. That is a nice note, Yeah, he had, the, uh, he had the heart issue earlier in, in training camp, and they weren't sure when he was going to play, but he made his return, and he, he had four points, I believe. And, but USC lost. They lost to Long Beach State. And this is supposed to be a pretty good USC team, too. So, By the way, how do you feel about this? He's wearing number six, which we know in college you don't go above five. He's wearing number six. Yeah. <laughs> and in college, you don't go above you five. You can't yeah, have why, a, a, why is that? You used to not be able to have a, a digit above five on your uniform. I did not know that. It's for the refs. Really? You didn't know that? Oh, for the fingers. That's yeah, for right. The, for the fouls. Yeah. Yeah, when they come there mm-hmm. with the fingers. You're right. Now you reminded mm-hmm. me of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. I believe the same rule in high school. Like right? 45, yes, believe, 54, yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. I understand. Yeah. But I think. He's Bronny, wearing number six. Bronny got to wear number six. Bronny, and then there's another guy. I can't remember where he's playing, but he's seven foot five, so he wears seventy five. Those are the only two guys that have taken 
uh, partake in, in liberty. The well, it's part of the yeah. NIL. Mm-hmm. It's part of the part of the NIL, probably. <laughs> More money for college kids. New I era say. of college sports, yes. right? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to talk Bears with us, Josh is in Seattle. What's up, Josh? Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? What's, What's going on, Josh? Uh, I was. Uh, I mean, the, the game was great, and Sweats really changed up the defense. But watching Fields play, the commentary the entire time was he holds the ball too long. He doesn't go through all his progressions. I mean, at this point, we we have to see him as a great athlete. But, I mean, he's more of a Taysom Hill type player where you can put him in, he can run the ball, uh, he can do end arounds, but he can't go through his progressions. His reads are just too slow. He sits back there. And this is three years. It's been the same every year. I mean, Mitch Trubisky kind of had the same scenario where started out really slow and then, he finished all right, and people were like, oh, like, let's sign him to a contract and keep him around. Because at the end of the year, he got good, and then the next year, it was like starting from scratch again. I feel like we're in the same scenario again. No, I can understand what scenario you feel like you're in, and, and certainly he could throw the ball. The problem is his progressions and when to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. That's the dilemma. The way I feel about Justin Fields is that, and, and same thing with Matt Eberflus, is both of those guys – had hourglasses going. And I think yesterday, no sand came out of the hourglass or for Justin Fields. It. Or they flipped it. I think Eberflus may have flipped his hourglass. Yeah. He may have flipped the hourglass. It bought itself a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Justin's malfunctioned. That's <laughs> yeah, what you're it saying. It just stopped. Yeah. They, they set it the, down. The grains you got ever play set. like Pictionary or yeah. something? And you, and you turn it you over? You got to turn it sideways there? Yeah. yeah. I've done it. Uh, Mike's in Crystal Lake. What's up, Mike? Hey, hey, Yurko, I got a question for you. It's a... Touchdown, no touchdown. I know the ball has to break the plane for a touchdown. Right. The the touchdown, the run that Fields made to the right side there. Yes. If he's holding the ball out and he jumps inside the pylon but doesn't land in the end zone but the, and the ball's in his right hand because he doesn't want to get it to knock, you know, knocked out, if it goes on the other side of the pylon, is that out of bounds there or is that a touchdown because he well, broke through? I, I know he ran through the end zone. But it would be up to the discretion of the official on whether the ball crossed. Now, they say the end line runs like the equator, mm-hmm. you know, the goal line around, around the earth. Mm-hmm. So even if you're outside, theoretically, you've still scored a touchdown as long as your body is inbounds. And okay. if, you, if you jump from when you're inbounds, the ball still has to go inside the pylon or over the pylon. Because you can't jump and just fly in the air, land past the goal line and be five yards out of bounds and think you're anywhere near the touchdown. So the ball still theoretically has to go over the 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 marker. So if it's in the right hand, you're going to have to move it over a little bit to get the touchdown. Yeah, and every scoring play is reviewed, too. So they got the, the right call there. All right. When we come back, we'll cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie. And don't forget, Matt Eberflus joins the guys at 210. DJ Moore and Justin Fields have the final word. Carmen and Yurko present... Today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have the last word on Carmen and Yurko. Awaiting the snap, Justin oh, Fields. Moving off the left side. Free play for Justin. Works it down the left side. He's got DJ Moore at the five. Looping into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears, oh. and they're back in front. Okay, offsides, offsides, good. 38-yard strike, DJ Moore, the catch.